All right, now, God has translated us into his kingdom. Now, this is very powerful teaching today. I'm, I'm really honored to be able to teach this today. If you got pencil, you got a paper, you're going to need to have that today to be able to understand this. And now the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the word translated. And I'm going to see how well you're going to be able to follow me today. The, the key word is translated. God has translated. All right. Now, this, what this does is really destroy religion. See, you preach Christ and him crucified, you restore religion, tradition of men. You know, because right now in a situation where we're in right now, people can't get baptized with water to be saved. Because that's not how they're saved. People are not going to be able to eat the bread off the table. Might get some out of the virus. Because that's not how you're saved. Had nothing to do with your salvation. See, all this stuff that we've been practicing in the church, nothing but religion. Nothing but tradition of men. All right? Now, but we can still preach the word. You can still get the word. Wherever you are right now, there are people been calling me, say, I am in Texas, I am in Mississippi, I am in Ohio, pastor. I mean, we got people in other countries telling us they're getting the word. Why is that so important? Because it's about the word. Why are we able to go on? The word. I want to personally thank those people for su supporting this ministry. We can't do this without you. Thank you for supporting this ministry. We, don't, we are not supported by the world system. Just want you to understand that. We thank you for supporting this word, supporting this ministry. Amen. That's why God said the just shall live by faith. We live by the word. We trust God for his word. We trust God to supply all our need. That's why my Bible said, but my God, Philippians 4 and 18, but my God shall supply all of our need. That's how we live here, this church. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we was having a barbecue, which we're not having one today, if we was having a barbecue today, we're not going to sell it to you because that's not how we live. We live by the word. This church is taken care of by the word and the people who hear it. All right, so thank you so very much. Now, what I want to do this morning, I want you to put down the word translate. Now, you on Facebook out there this morning uh, on our website, I want you to just shout out the word to somebody, translate, because that's what we're going to be dealing with. T-R-A-N-S-L-A-T-E, translate. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of words for translate, and I'm going to show them to you in the word of God, because now you know why we went back and preached Romans chapter number 12, because that's a word for translate, transform. Now you need to put these words down because when we read to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which you'll read in my service. Here it is. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transform means translated. So we know if you was transformed, you was translated by the renewing of your mind. That's what happened to you when God translated you. Here's another word, changed. We're going to give you several words, but we're going to show you you was changed. 
You will quicken. See, all these words are going to come forth in this teaching. You was translated. Now, I'm going to give you what happened to you right now. What happened when you was translated? The word translated means you were removed from the old man to the new man. So to translate really means to remove from earth to heaven, remove that as a human being to heaven without death. Just think about it. God removed you to heaven from earth without death. Now this is an awesome thing. How did he do it? Here's the word again. He translated you. He transferred. That's another word. So we got translated, transferred, transformed, changed. How did he do it? He made you a new creation. What did he do? He put you in Christ. Let, let me show you a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. As for, as for in Adam, all die. So what did God do? He transformed you from Adam to Christ. In Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. So how did God make you alive? He translated you. He put you in Christ. See, that's why we're going to praise him. That's why we're giving, giving thanks to the Father. Nobody could have saved you but God. Nobody can save you but God. Nobody can put you in Christ but God. Remember now, when I say the kingdom, God translated us into his kingdom. The next service, I'm going to show you what the kingdom for. Maybe next week. I'm going to show you who is the kingdom, I'm sorry. But today I'm just showing you that God translated us into the, his kingdom. What an awesome, what an awesome thing. This is how God saved you. Now, I want to go to work because I want to give you some verses. I gave you this one in Colossians. Once again, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, when God delivered you from the power of the darkness and has transformed, translated, transferred, changed, he put us out of Adam and put, him in, put us into the kingdom of his dear son. Can't you see it can't be water baptism? Can't you see it can't be circumcision and foot washing and eating the bread off the table? Can't you see it can't be that? Because it just told you, didn't it? In verse 13, talk, giving thanks to the Father. See, that's our series. Everything I'm teaching on this series is what the Father has done. So if he has done it, why don't you give him the praise and start boasting about your water baptism? Stop boasting about your foot washing and stop boasting about your bread on the table. Why don't you boast in the Lord? He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I'm going to show you in my next teaching, a couple of two teachings, the Bible told you that. All right, now, let's move on. Let's show you some more because I'm going to just go give you some things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because it's the Holy Spirit that puts you in the kingdom of God. First Corinthians chapter 12. 
and verse number 13. For by one spirit, telling you how you got in the, in the kingdom. Man can't put you in the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now he told you what the kingdom is. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, have been all made the drink, here it is, into one spirit. Man can't put you into the spirit. Man can't put you into the body of Christ. Man can't put you into the kingdom. Giving thanks to the Father. What an awesome job. What an awesome job he has done. That's why we got to give him glory. Now, what we want to do now is we want to go look at some types. Go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 3. Now, you're going to see these because we're going to go through all of them because we want to make sure you understand. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, God's going to teach Nicodemus, which is a Pharisee. Very religious man, but he didn't have the revelation of Christ. He had religion. He had religion, but not revelation. All right, his knowledge was concealed, not revealed. Once again, his knowledge was concealed, but not revealed. So let's listen to him. Otherwise, he's blind. There was a man named Nicodemus, Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. Same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou do it except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say to you, he went, straight to the, he went straight to the point because he knew his problem. He knew why he didn't know. He said, look, no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Now, that sounded like a good answer, didn't it? But Jesus said to him, except a man be born again, number one, he cannot see the kingdom. What an awesome thing. Number one, he cannot see the kingdom. He hasn't got in the kingdom yet. He just can't see it. Now, so we would understand what the kingdom is. Look at Romans 14, 17. He said he cannot see the kingdom. That was his problem. But, the, but Jesus was not talking about physical sight. His problem was he couldn't believe. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, when a person can't believe, I'm going to show you why they, they can't believe. They can't believe because the God of this world has blinded their minds. Yeah, but how did he do it? See, I'm going to show you all of that. Romans 14 and verse 17. This is the definition of the kingdom in the Bible. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But the kingdom of God is, number one, righteousness. God's righteousness, that's the kingdom. God's peace and God's joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, that's the kingdom. Let me say it again. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Otherwise, it's not natural. It's not the bread on the table, meat and drink. 
But the kingdom of God is righteousness, God's righteousness, God's peace, God's joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom. Now, don't forget that because that is very important because if God translated you in the kingdom of his dear son, then we're going to find out the next service or the service after that, where did God translate you into? He translated you into his kingdom. See, that's my subject today. God translated us into his kingdom. All right. Now, let's go back and look at Nicodemus. Because here we got a, a Jew, a Pharisee, very religious person of the law. But all his information has been concealed. So Jesus said to him in verse number three, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, he's not talking about physically see it. He cannot believe it. He doesn't understand when you're talking about righteousness and peace and joy because he doesn't have the Holy Ghost. All right, let's continue. In verse number, 14, verse number 4, Nicodemus said unto him, we're in John chapter 3, verse 4, Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter, into the second, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Where's his mind at? Natural. He's blind. He's spiritually blind. See, this is what happened with, uh, this is what he's asking. It's the same thing that God gave us in the Old Testament, Psalm 51. We'll look at that. This is, this is the same question that David answered and talked about in Psalm 51. See, everything in the Old Testament was natural. This is why people in religion, tradition of man without the Holy Spirit, they cannot know the things of the Spirit. So in Psalm 51, David going to say this, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O, o God, according to thy loving kindnesses, according to thy tender mercies, unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my, uh, my transgression and my sin is ever before thee. Now this Old Testament because, you know, God has come and dealt, dealt a way with sin, okay? He has washed sins away. Then verse 4 says that he paid for sin with his own death. Verse number 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight and that thou may be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Then David going to tell God his problem. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now he's telling God, this is my problem. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, in sin did my mother conceive me. Then he said to God, Behold, thou desire truth in the inward parts. In the, in, in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So he knew what he had a problem was. He had a problem on the inside. So God had to change him. He had to change him. He had to translate him, transform him, transfer. He had to give him a, a new birth. 
So Nicodemus is talking to God and that's what he's talking about. But let's move on back in Nicodemus, John chapter 3 again, with Nicodemus here. Now, watch what he's going to say. First he says, in verse 3, you cannot see the kingdom. That's verse 3. But he's not done. Because in, in verse number 5, Jesus is going to say to him, except you be born of water and of the Spirit, and there are people who take water and say, water baptism. See, that's the head of water, messed up. Except a man be born, how can you be born of baptism? But that's how people think. Everywhere they see water, they want to say baptism. All right? Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. All right? Here's a man that has to be born of the Word, the Word of God, and the Spirit. That's what the water is. Just help you out. That's why the spirit, the water comes out of the rock. That rock is Christ, okay? Now, so the water comes out of the rock. Who is the rock? That's Christ. That's how you know. So here it is, the water and the spirit. Now, the, the Bible says he got to be born of the water. Now, you know when you read John's writing, it'll tell you in 1 John, you're born of the word. So you already know he's talking about the sea, which is the word of God. And the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we see you have to see the kingdom. Now that's when you get to believing. All right? You get to believing when your eyes open. Eyes open mean I can believe. Come on, say it with me. My eyes open mean I can believe. Right. See, you can't believe God until you open your eyes. So any man that's not saved is because he's spiritually dead. And he's blind, he cannot see. So God has to open his eyes. Open his eyes mean open his heart. Give him a new heart, one that works. So in, so in John chapter 3, verse 5, except a man be born of water and the word, he cannot enter into the kingdom. So the whole purpose of God wants you to do is see the kingdom. Let's say it with me. See the kingdom, enter the, enter the kingdom. All right, so we are talking about he translated us into his kingdom. So if I was translated, God put me in the kingdom. But when did he put me in the kingdom? It wasn't after you die. This is why so many people think they can play with their salvation every day. They go to church on a Saturday, confess their sin, go, to, go on Sunday, and they take communion. They think they're all right with God. The problem is you have never entered the kingdom. That's your problem. You have never entered into the kingdom of God, dear son. You're still in Adam. You got to be born of the Spirit. You got to be translated. All right, now. Then he's going to give you verse number six. That which is born of the flesh, that's your first birth. So if you think about it, you didn't have anything to do with the first birth. Why you feel like you're going to have something to do with the second birth? Now, nobody baptized you in water the first birth and got anything in your life done. Neither can they do it the second birth. So here in verse number six said, that's which is born of the flesh is flesh. The first birth, your first birth was in the flesh. And that which is born of the, of the told you, born of the spirit. Born of the Spirit. Now, you know you can't born about other spirit with water. 
because I gave you that in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, it's the spirit that puts you in Christ. You was born of the spirit. All right, now, verse 6 again, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But not that I say to you, you must be born again. All right, now, let's go back. Because I got, I got a lot of John. But let's go over to John chapter 9. Let me show you one more. The Gospel of John chapter 9. Because this is a man that was born blind. Now, to be born blind means he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Born blind means he was born through his first birth. He could not believe God. Let me say it again. When a man is born blind means when he's first born, he can't believe God. You can't believe God with your natural birth. You got to have a spiritual birth before you can believe God. Because when, when you have a spiritual birth, let me show you what God gives you. We'll be, right, we be right back to John chapter 9. Let me show you what God gives you when you get born of the Spirit. This is not something that you go mustered up. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 3. Romans 12 and 3. Let me show it to you. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. I'm reading out the King James. For I say through the grace given to me, because as God has given you his grace, when you accept the grace of God, which is Christ's death, bed, and resurrection, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, watch this, the measure of faith. So once a man get born of the Spirit, what did God give him? He gave him the Spirit of faith. Let's show you one more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So God gave you the measure of faith. Now, he gave you the measure of faith so you can believe. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. I'm going to give you three. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians 12 last. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 7. Ephesians 4, 7. Let me give you number two first. Ephesians 4, 2. Now, first God gave you the measure of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter number, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 3. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Do you have that? You out there on Facebook. You out there on the website. First thing God gave you was faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So faith is not something you got to muster up. Get born of the Spirit, and God already gave you his faith. All right? Ephesians 4, 7. Here we, here we go. But unto every one of us is given. Now, we're talking about the Father. This is what the Father gave you. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That gift of Christ is God's righteousness. But he gave you because you are born of the Spirit. He made you righteous. He gave you his grace. But unto every one of us is given grace. All right, now let's go through it again. First, what he gave you. 
He gave you his faith. Why did he give you his faith? So you can believe. Why did he give you his grace? So you can live righteous. He made you righteous through his cross. All right, let's give you one more. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. All right, now, so why did God give you his faith? So you can profit. Why did God give you his grace? So you can profit. So what are you supposed to do with those things? What are you supposed to do with his grace? What are you supposed to do with his faith? What are you supposed to do? Now, you got to have both. Now, let me show you something in the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, chapter number three. Now, let's go to chapter five, I'm sorry. Romans chapter five. You're going to see both of these in the same verse. I'm going to give you verse number one and two in Romans chapter five. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here we go. Verse number two. By whom also we have access into the grace. How? God gave his grace. He gave you his favor. But how did you get into the grace of God? That's what the faith said, said. That's what his faith is for. Watch what he just told you. In verse number two, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace. So God gave you his faith so you can enter his grace. Now, what is his grace? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't, don't drop the cup. Let's go back to John chapter number three. Let's go back to John chapter number three and let's look at verse number three. See, he gave you, Nicodemus, you got to have something to enter the kingdom. Here it is. Jesus answered him and said, Verily I say to you, except a man be born of God or born again, he cannot see the kingdom. All right? So if he can't see the kingdom, God got to give him something because his problem is he doesn't believe. So we're going to have to, that's why we're going to go read John chapter 9 and uh, verse 1, because here we're going to find a blind man. We're going to find out what did God give you. He gave you his faith. He gave you his faith. He gave you his grace, but he gave you his faith to enter his grace. Now his grace is everything he has done for you spiritually. But you got to have his faith to, in, to get involved in that. All right, now that's what that's talking about. Now, look at this again. First of all, Romans 5, 2 says, by faith we have access into his grace. All right, now let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 because he's showing us in 1 Corinthians 12 all of the gifts of the Spirit. He's going to show them to you because in verse number 
Verse number four, he says, now the diversities of gift, but by the same spirit. Now there are the differences of administration, but by the same Lord. There are diversities of operation. You got three things. You got, you got uh, gifts, administrations, and operations. You want to say that with me? Gifts, administration, operation. Now, how in the world this is going to happen? Now, because the Bible told you it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of the good pleasure. Well, how does God work in us? You got to have his faith. And you got to have his grace. Well, here I'm showing you some of his grace, which is all his gifts of his spirit. All this is grace. But then he's going to show you the manifestation of the spirit. Now, what is wisdom? A manifestation of God's spirit. What is knowledge? A manifestation of God's spirit. What is understanding? A manifestation of God's spirit. What is healing? A manifestation of God's spirit. What are miracles? A manifestation of God's spirit. See, all of those, the spirit of God is manifesting, showing you that word manifest means showing you. The spirit is showing you. When the spirit has come, he will show you all things. All right, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man for a purpose. To profit. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for what reason? To profit with all. All right. Now, that's why you got to have the Spirit. Because you're going to need faith. You're going to have to have grace. All these things you got to operate in your life. Let's go back to the man in John. And let's see what he have. Remember, you have these things, but watch this man. We're going to show you how this foe. What we're going to get to later on in our service. Don't forget, I'm going to bring you back to this thought. John chapter 9, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, I gave you Psalm 51 because this is what Jesus was saying. I mean, in Old Covenant through David, I was born in sin. What is he saying when he said I was born in sin? Anybody can tell me. I was born blind. What is he saying? I was born in sin. See, the revelation of what happened to that man was he was born blind. Well, what happened, David? He was born in sin. He was born and he couldn't see. See, you are not born the first time with faith. So when you're first born, you can't believe God. That's how you know a person needs to be born again because in his first birth, you can tell him all about the Bible, but he can't believe it. He can't see what he's saying. He's not born again. He's still, he's still blind. All right, now let's look at verse number two. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who this sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus said, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents that. But that the works of God, somebody said the works of God. Yeah, the works of God should be made manifest in him. All right, now, how many in here can tell me what's the works of God? See, give me the verse. I just can't just tell me. There's a verse that told you, and this is the work of God. The Bible told us what is the work of God. And this is the work of God. See, when God has done a work in your life, it's now you can do something. 
Once God did a work in your life, you can do something. And this is the work of God. This is an awesome thing. I'm going to give you a moment because I want you to see this. The Bible said, and this is the work of God. They asked Jesus Christ, said, what must we do that we might work the works of God? I'm hearing somebody say it. John 6, 28 and 29, two verses. All right. Now he's going to ask the question. So let's go there. So you have to understand, you have to put that note with that. This man, the works of God need to be made manifest in his life. Well, what is the work of God? See, that's how you study the word. John chapter three, 9, verse 3 said, Jesus said, this man hasn't sinned, neither is his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in his life. He has a problem because God had done no work in him yet. All right, let's see what God's work is. John chapter 6, we're going to back up. We had 9 now. But we're going to go back to John chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse number 28 and 29 together. Just throw two verses. So when you read John chapter 9, you'll see this man was born blind. So they said to him, what shall we do that we might watch this work, the works of God? Jesus said to them, this is the work of God that you should believe on him in whom, whom God has sent. So the work of God was that they had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they couldn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if they were blind. So what had to happen? God had to do a work. What work did God have to do in them? He had to born them again. See, that's, there are two verses. Let me show you two verses. Philippians. Philippians gave us two verses in chapter number 2. Philippians gave us two verses. Philippians gave us two verses. Let me make sure I got them right here. Philippians chapter 1 and 2. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. And then 2.13. That's how I want those to fall out. Philippians 1.6, 2.13. We're going to look at both of those verses. Philippians 1 and 6, 2.13. Watch what it's going to tell you. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Christ. Well, what work did God perform in you? He, he, he dealt to every man the measure of faith, didn't he? So if I look at Romans 12 and 3, I saw God gave me the measure of faith. If I look at John chapter number 9, the first three verses is so I can believe. So why did God give you faith? So you can believe. So a man that not have faith cannot believe God. So when God began to talk in his word, they can't believe it. So Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. That's what, see this Bible was made for you to learn it and the Holy Ghost to teach us, but we can't learn it and the Holy Ghost teach us if we cannot believe. 
Because once you don't believe the Holy Spirit, he doesn't go forward. He stops right there. Now, you can take one year, two years, three years, four years, so you believe God. Until that happens, you're still going to be right there. Three years later, you're going to be right there. Once you believe God, God picks it up where you left off, and now he began to teach you. So that's why so many people be so far behind, they stuck way back there two years ago when the Holy Ghost told them something, they didn't believe it. Until they believe God, he can't go forward. He can't give you any more. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God which worketh in us both to will and the do of his good pleasure. So whatever God going to do in us, he going to do it by his Holy Spirit. But he can't do it with, within us if we don't believe. Let me, let, me, let me show you something. You in Philippians, look at Ephesians. The last verse in chapter 2, not, not the last verse, but Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 says, for we are his workmanship. Now that word workmanship means new creation. We are his new creation created in Christ Jesus on the good work which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So what, if God going to do the work in the earth through the body of Christ, then what happens if the body of Christ don't believe his word? He can't get no work done. He can't get the work done because we don't believe his word. You can't figure the word out then believe it. You got to believe it first, then God reveal it to you. Let me say that again. You can't figure the word out then believe it. You got to believe it first, and then God reveal it to you. Let's go to John chapter 9 again. Let's see what this man had to do first. See, until he do what God tell him to do first, God can't reveal anything to him. See, God's going to show him who he is, but he got to believe first. John chapter 9, once again, Jesus passed by verse 1. He saw a man blind from his birth, just like a man that's not saved. He's blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who this sin this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus said, neither, neither, neither one has sinned, nor his parents. Here's the thing, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And once again, I ask you, what was the work of God? To believe. The work of God is to believe, because once God has done a work in your heart, now you can do what? You can believe God. All right, so that's what you got to understand. Now watch what happened. God's going to come here, do a work in his heart, and now he's going to believe God. Let's go, let's go and see, see this. And verse 4 says, I must work the works of him that sent me, while there's a day, night cometh, which no man can work. Now what, what, what was he sent? He sent that man would believe that the, that the father sent the son. See, he had, his whole thing was to cause people to believe. This is Jesus' ministry. To cause people to believe that the Father has sent him. So why did he raise Lazarus from the dead? So to cause people to believe that God has sent him. So all the miracles that Jesus Christ did, why did he do them? To cause people to believe that God has sent him. People could not, so every time people would see a miracle, they would believe. 
That's why Jesus said to them, unless you see miracles, you will not believe. Now, what's the difference in us and the children of Israel? Let's go to the Gospel of St. John. Let me show it to you. While you're there, we'll back up. The Gospel of St. John, chapter number 20. Watch the difference. You remember when, when Jesus rose from the dead and one of his disciples came to him and he was not there when Jesus appeared? You remember that? And Jesus said to him, he said to Jesus, unless I put my hands in the hole in your side and touch you where you was crucified, until I see that and feel that, I will not believe. All right, now, we right here in the Gospel of John chapter 20, right? Now, watch what, watch what Jesus is going to say to him in verse 27. We right there. Then said Jesus to him, reach hither your finger. Behold your hand. Reach hither your hand. Thrust into my side and be not faithless, but believing. So if you got two words here, faithless, be not faithless. Because if I got faith, I'm supposed to be able to do what? Believe. So if a man don't have faith, he can't believe. That's the whole thing. So he said, look, be not faithless, but believing. So if I have faith, I can do what? I can believe. That's the key. Be not faithless, but believe. Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Did he believe now? <laughs> yeah, because he has seen him, right? Watch what Jesus says to Thomas. Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. See, the only reason he believed God, he saw the hole in his side. But how many know it didn't take faith to believe if he saw the hole in his side? See, Jesus had already appeared and his disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And this man said, except I see the nail prints in his side, holes in his hand, I, I would not believe. Now Jesus come and show it to him, now he believes. How many know that didn't take faith to believe that? Don't take faith to believe what you can see. Watch what happened here. In verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, <laughs> thou hast believed. Because you have seen me, you believe. See? Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. So that's us, isn't it? Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Now look at the next two verses. Many other signs, truly the Jesus and the prophet and the disciples, which are not written in this book. Many other signs, many other miracles. But these are written that you might do one word. But what did they have to believe in the Old Testament to be saved? They had to believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that believing they may have life through his name. So they had to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's not how you saved. Now you listen to me now because this is what a whole lot of people think that they can be just believe Jesus is the Christ. Because, you know, that's when I was growing up elementary, that's what I was taught. That you're saved by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's how you're saved. No, that was in the old covenant with the Jewish believer. 
You got to believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to be saved. Let me say it again. In the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Old Testament, Peter, James, and John, all that, all that Old Testament, they believed that Jesus the Christ, all the miracles that Jesus did was so they would believe that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then that believing, they may have life through his name. Remember, they were saved by believing in his name. You are saved by believing the cross. That's why I read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. Don't make this error and misunderstand because there's a lot of churches that are still teaching you salvation is just believe Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. No, you're believing who he is. That's what Israel had to do. Your faith is in the death, bed, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have to believe that God raised him from the dead. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. Watch this, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. Paul did not preach to the Gentiles that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Watch this. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins. See, the Gentiles are after the cross. The Jews are before the cross. So the Jews were believing before the cross. Over here before the cross, they believe in that Jesus is the Christ. If you believe that I'm the Christ. If you don't believe I'm the Christ, you're going to die in your sin. John chapter 8, verse 51. John chapter 8, verse 24. If, John chapter 8, verse 21. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're going to die in your sins. Your salvation is not based on you believing Jesus is the Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 3. I deliver to you first of all what I also received, how Christ died for our sin. That's what you're supposed to be believing. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's the gospel that Paul preached to the Gentiles. Don't be deceived. All right? Now, here, here it is again. Let's go back to John chapter 20 and I'm going to show you how this man was saved. John chapter 20 and verse 30 said, Many other signs truly that Jesus in the presence of his disciples are not written in his book. See, many things that Jesus did. But these are written, all of these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. They were believing who he is. That's how they were saved. And then that believing who he is, they may have life through his name. You have life through his blood. Their salvation was through his name. Your salvation is through his blood, through the cross. Your salvation is through the cross. Through the cross is how you obtain your salvation. Their salvation was in his name. Did everybody understand that? Get a lot of big hands. I believe you got something there. I believe you heard something there. Thank you, Lord. Let's go back and look at this man in John chapter number 9. 
John chapter number 9. And verse 3 said that the work should be made manifest in him. Now, we told you what the work said, John 6, 28 and 29, that he would believe. See, once God put faith in your heart, now you can believe. See, one of the things that has to happen until the Spirit comes in your heart, you don't have faith. I think I'm about to give you another scripture on that one. Let's go look at that. Let's go find that first of all. In the book of Romans. See, until, until faith come in your heart, you don't believe. Uh, matter of fact, that's Corinth. I'm going to have somebody to find it, then I just turn to them and they get it. We receive in the same spirit of faith. We receive in the same spirit of faith. I think that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 or 3 there. We receive in the same spirit of faith. And the Bible calls faith the spirit of faith. So when you got saved, you receive the same spirit of faith. That's what happened. I can try to hear y'all and can't hear y'all. We receive in the same spirit of faith. I'm going to show you in the word of God. How did we receive it? Thank you very much. You got to receive it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I said 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, you have to have the spirit of faith. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, watch this, is called the spirit of faith. You don't have faith until the Spirit comes in your heart. You can't believe God. You can't believe God's Word. I mean, you can believe God's Word, just talk, talk, and talk. But when the situation comes, life and death, can you believe God? Can you believe God? You can't believe Him until you have the, His faith. Watch what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. He called the Holy Ghost the spirit of faith. Once you're born of the spirit, you have the same faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have the same Holy Ghost. You have the same spirit of faith. So when God says something, you can believe it. We have in the same spirit of faith. According to it is written, I believed. According to it is written, how you get it? I believed. And therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. So that's how they receive the spirit of faith. You receive the spirit of faith. When you got born again, God gave you the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of faith. Now you can believe God. You can't believe God. You can't speak faith if you don't have faith. Now, you are saved by the cross, but God give you the same spirit of faith. That's why he said, we having the same, just like the Jews, just like the Gentiles. We all having the same spirit of faith. All right, now, let's go back to John chapter 9, because I'm trying to get a point over when this man first met Jesus Christ, 
He did not have faith. You got to understand that. John chapter number 9, verse 3 said, Jesus told him, neither has this man sinned, neither his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. Well, what the work of God was manifest in him? He believed. Now he could believe. God going to make sure he received the spirit of faith. God made sure this man believed. This man could not believe until he knew Jesus was the Christ. Remember, he was before the cross. You can't believe or receive the spirit of faith until you believe in Christ's death, and resurrection for your salvation. Oh, this is so good. And verse, number, and verse number four says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. Night cometh and no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground. He made the clay of a spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind with the clay, said to him, go wash in the pool of Bethesda. I'm sorry, Salome. Go wash in the pool of Salome, which is by, which is interpretation sent. And this man, watch this, went his way, he washed, and he came seeing. He went his way, he washed, and he came seeing. Now, watch this. We're gonna, for time's sake, we're going to have to rush over to verse 35 because I want to I wanna continue this story. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Now, once this man's eye was open, see, this is what happened when you get saved, you in religion, tradition of men. Once your eye get open, they're going to put you out of church. You ain't got to worry about that. You know too much now. All right. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Religion, tradition of men. He couldn't go to the synagogue no more. They cast him out. And the Bible said, and when he had found him, so Jesus found him, now you're going to say to him, do you believe on the Son of God? Now remember, God had given this man faith so he can believe. So you got to understand something. You can't believe if you don't have the faith. Now Jesus found him. Said, do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe on him? Who is he? Jesus is going to talk to him and says, thou hast both seen him and it is he that talketh with thee. What no problem. Here's a man. Jesus says, you've seen him. Matter of fact, I'm talking to you now. And this man says, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped. He received God's faith. His eye was open. He could believe on the Son of God. He believed Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. And now watch what happened. He worshiped. See, you worship God for who he is. You praise God for what he's done. Come on, say that with me. We worship him for who he is. We praise him for what he's done. So when I'm ministered on giving thanks to the Father, I need you to understand you got to give him praise and glory to the Father for what he has done. We worship him for who he is. We praise him for what he has done. What an awesome verse here. This man said, you have, Jesus said, you have seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Praise God. Every head bowed. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Every head bowed. Oh, my God Almighty.
I hope you enjoyed this word this morning. This word is so good. I got a whole lot to show you. I got a lot to show you in the word of God this morning. But you got to believe. Don't be believing the wrong message. Don't be just, well, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Listen, that's what they believed before the cross. You got to believe in the cross now. You got to believe Christ died on the cross for your sin. He was buried. He shed his blood for you. He rose again from the dead for you. That's what you got to believe in the new covenant. Pray that prayer with me. Father, I believe Christ died for my sins and he was buried and you raised him from the dead in three days and three nights. And now he was raised for my justification. So I receive your death, death, and resurrection as a payment for my salvation. I thank you, Father, for saving my soul from hell, making me your own son. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit, giving me the spirit of faith so I can believe your word. Praise God for his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we give God all the praise and all the glory for his grace, for his mercy. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.